0: Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzovino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. After a while, you just kind of let the machinery go. You let the equipment just set. You don't do anything to get it ready because what's the use? I'm not going to work, so there's no sense in doing any upkeep on the equipment. He said, secondly, you get out there and you begin to get that equipment ready to work. Thirdly, he said, you have got to start commanding... Now, listen carefully. In the spirit world, you've got to start commanding those corporations to give you big jobs that you can handle. And he said, I want you to understand, I didn't say a big job, I said big jobs. You have got to begin commanding in the spirit world, those big corporations out there, to give you big jobs that you can handle. Plural, jobs. Don't think small, think big. And of course going through this man's mind is they don't need the little guy anymore they got big corporations they took over the whole you know operation of things and here I am But he's listening to what the fellow had to say He said start stop talking about being in debt and stop talking about your inability to provide and start seeing work coming your way Start seeing work coming your way And then finally and make certain that you make a note of this my brother and sister Get on your knees and start thanking and worshiping God daily. Learn to praise Him with your mouth. I'm going to say that last part again. Learn to praise God with your mouth daily. Beloved, this is an instrument that few of us have learned to play correctly. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? This is a tool, an instrument that we need to use to give God glory with. Just like one needs to learn how to play a musical instrument, we need to learn to use our vocal cords to worship and praise God daily. This is something different from going to church and singing in songs of praise three times a week. This is talking about getting yourself in a place where you daily begin to thank Him for all that He is and all that He has done for you in this life. And most importantly, what He's doing for you right now. Because you see, beloved, if we don't say God is doing something for us right now, Then he's not going to be doing a whole lot for us right now. And too often we hear a lot of Christians talking about what the devil is doing. The devil's doing this, and the devil is doing that, and the devil is doing this, and the devil is doing that. Wait a minute. What about God? What's he doing? Is he on a sabbatical? Is he taking a nap? No, God is at work. And beloved, you can rest assured, He is very much at work in the lives of those who say constantly, He is at work in my life. And that's what we want to emphasize. The individual learning how to truly worship God and thank God Daily, developing the kind of relationship with God that is very intimate in your private daily prayer closet. And that's exactly what he told this brother. Now, the brother said, well, you know, I go to church and I sing songs, you know, on Wednesday nights or Sunday morning and Sunday night. And we praise God and all that. And he said, but look, God is saying that is not enough. That doesn't cut it. That's not enough to put the child of God over. We have substituted corporate praise and worship for individual praise and worship. And the most important thing to any individual's life is individual praise and worship of the Almighty God in a private place where no one can see, because the Bible says that if we pray in secret, God will reward us openly. In other words, learning how to take all the cares and the problems and the pressures and the circumstances of this life to God in prayer and then believing He is in control of the situation and spending much time in thanking Him for who He is, for what He has done and what He is doing right now for us in life. I want you to turn with me, beloved, to a very important verse of Scripture. Deuteronomy 28. And again, this has been heavy upon my heart. Deuteronomy 28. And verse 47. God wants us, His children, to experience the abundance of all things. The abundance of life. The abundance of blessings, of peace, joy, love, health, Strength, ability, whatever it is, success in this life. And here we have his prescription for doing so. Deuteronomy twenty-eight forty-seven says, "Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things." Jesus came to give us life. And He came to give us life more abundantly. How does one experience this abundance of life? Right here. Serving God with joyfulness and gladness of heart. This is how we unleash, beloved, God's abundance in our lives. If we really want God to bless us with abundance, then we have got to learn how to worship Him in spirit and truth and how to serve Him with joyfulness and gladness of heart so that He can unleash unleash the abundance of all things our way. And you know, I really believe that He is just longing to do so. Without a doubt. Now, beloved, we cannot depend on someone else's relationship with God to get what we need from Him. Someone says, now why should I do that when my mother is all day long doing that? You know, there are some that believe like that. Well, if I get in trouble, mom will pray. Or dad will pray. And there's always the pastor and the intercessors at the church and there's always this one or that one. But you see, that's not what God wants. He wants to unleash His abundance in all of our lives individually as we develop the kind of relationship with Him that He wants us to have that is intimate. One that causes the heart to be full of joy and gladness. And He said right there, if we would, we'd have the abundance of all things, but if not, look at the next verse. Because they didn't serve the Lord their God with joyfulness and gladness of of heart, Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon your neck until you've been destroyed. Do you realize it is a part of Satan's plan to get us to be discouraged, frustrated, and emotionally oppressed? It is. It is. Because He knows if He targets our lives that way, He can put a yoke of iron about our neck and prevent us from experiencing God's abundance. But here, God is telling us, if you would joyfully and gladly serve Me and have that kind of relationship with Me, you would then have the abundance of all things in your life. We want the abundance of help. We want the abundance of prosperity. We want the abundance of peace. We want the abundance of tranquility within our home, harmony within our relationships. We want all these things, and God is saying, here is how you can have it. But I can hear us all saying, how can we have this joy and this gladness when everything around us dictates discouragement and frustration in everything else? I want you to notice that we are never told to worship God according to our circumstances. We are never instructed to to bless God or to serve God based on what we see around us. As a matter of fact, we are told to rise up above what we see and praise God by faith. In the midst of our enemies in the midst of discouragement, in the the midst of dismay and despair, in the midst of oppression and depression and fear and worry and anxiety and the pressures of life and all of life's circumstances heaped together, He said to us, I want you to lift up your head. I'll be the glory. I'll be the lifter of your head. And I want you to serve Me, not according to your feelings, but according to what I've done in your heart. Hallelujah. If we ever focused on what He has done for us internally, it would get us to shouting with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And basically, this is exactly what He was telling this fellow. He said, I want you to know that if you'll do this, God has said in His Word that He would reward you openly. Matthew six, 6. isn't that what it says? He will openly reward you. Well, this fellow took it to heart. He took it to heart. He said, I never did anything like this before. But he began with his wife to worship and praise God daily. Now, when I say that, I want to make clear this point. People have tried this on numerous occasions And they would say, well, I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and every 5 o'clock in the morning I am going to bless and worship God and call upon His name. I'm going to pay my dues. And that lasted for one week. (laughs) Then it was knocking off the alarm clock and all these different things and, you know. Why is it that human beings are like that, you know? Or I'm going to worship Him at 3 o'clock in the afternoon under the old apple tree. And invariably, after a certain amount of days or even weeks go by, you find yourself unable to keep that appointment at 3 o'clock in the afternoon under the old apple tree. Isn't that true? And so what I'm saying is, we've tried to do things like this by regimenting ourselves to keep some kind of schedule and all that. That is not what God is talking about. He's not talking about us getting into any kind of mechanical bondage. He is talking about... Daily, consciously, at given opportunities, acknowledging who He is in our lives and what He is doing in us and for us. That's what He's talking about. You can have that private devotional place when you're driving in your car. And some people would rather just put on the radio, put in a tape and, you know, bombard themselves that way. But that's not you worshiping God. And He's not talking about just singing along, you know, following the bouncing ball and singing along. And He's not talking about that. He's talking about starting up that engine and saying, Oh, Father God, You're a good God. I serve You with my life. I won't dare travel in this automobile without unleashing the angels to watch over me and my life and my family and protecting us and keeping us. I'm Your child. I serve You joyfully and cheerfully. Hallelujah. I delight myself in you, O God. My Father, for thou art good unto me, and your mercies endure forever. I'm so grateful to you today. You're by yourself, see? And you're driving on your way to work. O Father God, I tell you what, I used to complain all the way to work about this person and that person and this person and whoever and whatever and what they might do, but I'm not concerned about them. I'm only concerned about how good you are and how wonderful you are and how thankful I am to you for what you have done for me in my inward parts. You have given me life and I joyfully serve you today. You have made me glad. we sing that song. He has made me glad. Has He made you glad? He's made you glad on the inside, praise God. And He wants us to begin to understand and acknowledge what work it was to make us glad on the inside and what it took to make us glad on the inside and how Jesus offered His life so that we could be glad inwardly. See, He wants us to begin to live this kind of a lifestyle. Now, listen carefully. It won't happen overnight. This natural man on the outside, if you ever noticed, oftentimes does not want to be up. It's true. Well, you look like a little bit down today. I know the flesh wants to be down sometimes. And sometimes for no known reason at all. Someone ever asks you, seeing maybe your countenance has fallen a little bit, you know, what's wrong? You don't even know what's wrong. And they try to pinpoint something exactly that made you a little bit down today. What's wrong? I don't know. Just don't fill up the par, whatever it is. We're talking emotionally, not physically necessarily. That's part of life. And see, those feelings will always come to us. And so we have got to train ourselves. God wants us to begin training ourselves. Why do you think He said to us, I am unto thee the glory and the lifter of your head? He said that because He knew that sometimes our heads would not be up. Our countenance would be down and fallen. And that's the time that we want to begin saying, Thou art a shield unto me, the glory and the lifter of my head. Amen? He wants us to begin doing this. And so this fellow said, you know what? I'm going to do that. And so he took his wife aside and they began, sometimes throughout the day, it didn't matter, whenever, whenever they could, just begin to start thanking and praising and blessing God for who He is. And then they began to shout out, Oh God, our Father, You have also caused these corporations to give us big jobs that we can fill. See, they first started just magnifying God for who He is. And then they started saying what He was doing. And they did this every single day. And said before, we had never done that every single day. We did it every single day for five solid months. Beloved, you want to know one thing that keeps us out of the abundant life? A lack of diligence. We might as well say amen because it's so. Anyway. Amen. Amen. Lack of diligence. Lack of persistence. Lack of sticking with it. And so for five months on a daily basis, more than once a day, it doesn't take hours at a time. You know, they set aside some time, but then there were some times just driving in a car holding hands or whatever and magnifying God and doing this and saying, these corporations are, 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 are giving big jobs. They're coming our way and we can fill them. I just kept saying that. And glorifying God and magnifying Him. And, and they discipline themselves to do this every single day for five months. Now, most would have quit after one week. And sometimes that becomes the problem. We just do not remain diligent when it comes to these things. Well, one day after five months of doing this, they got off their knees. They were bowing before the Lord and got off their knees... And as soon as they did they heard the phone ring and so they went over to the phone and picked up the phone and it was a fella who worked for one of these big corporations called him on the phone and said we hear you have some equipment that you used to work in the you know sugarcane fields and he said yeah and they said well would you come on down here we'd like to talk with you he said okay and so the fellow went to this fellow's office and sat down and began to talk with him and he said look we've we've had some uh, situations arise here and to be frank about it we're in need of extra workers we'd like to know if you would use your equipment to help us out if you'll work for 6 weeks out there in the fields said we'll give you $80,000 for 6 weeks and the fellow said certainly and they signed a contract Now here's a fellow for two years who hadn't worked and everybody said the small man's out, there's no need for the small guy anymore and, and all that. The big corporations have taken over and, you know, that's it. We're done. We're finished. So now he says certainly. He signs a contract and remember this carefully. He was also told that when you begin to work, don't stop thanking God daily. Just as persistently as you were before. And so the fella took the job, began to work, and continued throughout that six, six week period doing the same identical thing that he did before for the last five months. And he said, Before the end of the six week period came, the fella came back to him and said, Look, We've got another job for you to do. And if you don't mind, we need you for six more weeks and we'll sign you over to a contract for another $80,000. And the fellow said, no problem. And so this minister finally went back to Hawaii sometime later, a couple years later. And he met the fellow again. And the fellow came and told him, look, this is what's happened. After you left, we did this a five-month period, and he began to work. He says, now it's been over a year. It's been about a year and a half now. But in the first year after I did that, he said, I want you to know that I paid back the $15,000 and I got out of debt. I have $40,000 in the bank. I paid $65,000 to my church last year in tithes. And I also have another contract for $80,000 when I get done with this one. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that's God at work. Here was, a, here was a place where there was no work for the fella and the position that he was in. And as long as he kept talking the way he was talking, how many of you know that those guys would never know his phone number? But when he started doing things God's way, in secret, everybody say in secret. God rewarded him openly. And he began to experience the abundant life that God said that he could have. Now I can just hear someone saying, I'm going to try that. (laughs) That's the biggest problem when it comes to these things. It sounds good, and we want to try it. It didn't work because He tried it. It worked because He did it. There's a big difference between trying it and doing it. Did you know that? In other words, He wants us to begin doing it because it's going to open up the greater blessings of God to our lives. It will enable Him to bring our way the abundance of all things. You want more of God's glory in your life? You know, you can have it the same way. You can increase in the anointing of God in your life and the glory of God in your life the same way this fellow increased in prosperity. Certainly, he was uh, thankful to God and able to, you know, give his kid lunch money. I guess he can give his kids lunch money if he has $40,000 in the bank, wouldn't you say? But he said, at the end of all that and daily, I still bow down before my God every single day. He says, my whole life has been revolutionized. Out of the rut of just three times a week praising God, thinking that, you know, I was doing my Christian duty. This is something that's personal. Personal. It's not my mother's relationship. It's not my father's relationship. It's not my pastor's relationship. It's not the worship leader's relationship. It's not any musician's relationship. This is my personal relationship with God. And this is how I've learned to serve Him. With joyfulness and gladness of heart, I'm enjoying the abundance of all things. The yoke of iron has been broken. The shackles of bondage have been removed. I'm now free indeed. If we want the abundance of health, we can do the same thing. If we want the abundance of peace, we can do the same thing. See, beloved, it's the art of learning how to put God in charge of our lives and allowing Him to handle the affairs of our lives. And we deal with all these issues in a private way, in our private prayer closet. And praise God, He begins to work out all the details. I like that, don't you? He begins to to go to work on our behalf as we bless Him, as we magnify Him, as we do our part. God does His part. And He said right there in Deuteronomy, if you will do it, you'll have the abundance of all things. I mean, doesn't verse 47 say that? And didn't He tell them why they weren't experiencing the abundance of all things? Because, you see, they lost their joy and gladness of heart. I want you to turn to Psalm 34 with me, if you would, please. And I want to show you how this truth is throughout all the Bible. In the 34th Psalm, beginning at verse 1, It says, I will bless the Lord on occasions. No, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You see, our minds have got to be renewed. You see, our mouths have got to be taught to praise God. I don't know about you, but when I said some things that my mom didn't like when I was a little boy, how many of you heard of ivory soap? (laughs) It didn't taste very good. And on other occasions, when maybe I didn't say some things, you know, as I should, that were nice to my mom or dad, then uh, I got a little right over here. You know what I mean? It's not right. Don't talk like that. Oh, God, put a watch over our lips not that right? Oh, the mouth, the lips, the voice, the words that we speak. There has to be that fear of God, that conscious knowing that when we say things we shouldn't be saying, it doesn't please God. And beloved, I think I want to stir something up in all of our lives tonight. You know what that is? Too often, if we ignore this and go on saying things that we shouldn't be saying and really not repenting like we should... Our conscience becomes seared. Our conscience becomes seared. And before you know it, you think it's okay. We think it's okay. And we just go on in that way. Well, you know what? The truth of God's Word has never changed. When you first heard this, maybe you were more conscious of what you said with your mouth. Why? Because it was fresh and new, and you were very sensitive You did not want to displease God. But after a longer period of time as being a Christian, then seemingly it's easy for everybody to sit around and talk and it doesn't really matter much, you know, what we say that's in faith, out of faith, gal or not gal or all that, you know. It just becomes, you know, a a natural way of living. God wants to stir up our pure minds. He wants to put us in remembrance of the need we all have to teach our lips to praise God. And don't let any unwholesome thing come out of our mouths that's unhealthy about other people, talking about anybody or anything like that. Teach our lips and voice to magnify God, to bless Him at all times, continually praise Him being in our mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And you know what? He calls upon everybody. Magnify the Lord with me. Use your voice to praise God continually. Let us exalt His name together. For I sought the Lord in my private prayer closet and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. You can say He did that for that fellow, didn't He? He was afraid he couldn't provide for his family. That'll drive some people insane. You know, after a long period of time, it's a natural thing for a man to work and provide for his family. And without the ability to do so, beloved, it causes them to become emotionally distraught. And so, he began to do it God's way, and the Lord delivered him and and set him free from all of his fears. They looked unto him... And were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. I want you to see this verse again. The poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. You know, He can't hear us if we don't cry. Right? And then He can't deliver us out of our troubles. But He heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. You know, God wants us to be in that private place and say, You know, Lord, I'm in trouble. I am in trouble. But I know You're there. If I went by my feelings, Lord, if I went by my circumstances, Lord, if I went by what my eyes see, I'll tell you what, I couldn't make it. But I know You're there. I won't waste the, up, the energy... I won't expend energy on all the things I see and all the circumstances that surround my life. I would rather let my breath praise You and thank You for being my deliverer. And like that man said, thank You for having these corporations call me and offer me big jobs that I can fill. That's what He wants us to do. Thank you for bringing people across my path or whatever. Thank you for reaching out to my children. How many know that God does not want our children backslidden, on drugs, any kind of dope or alcohol or anything like that? How many of you know that? In our private closet then, He wants us instead of complaining about them, start saying, oh God, my Father, I'm turning it over to you. And look into You, praise God. I will magnify You. I will rejoice. Deliver me from all of my fears. It's in Your hands. You're at work, praise God, in my life. You're at work in my child's life. And whatever You need to do, I know You'll do to touch her heart or His heart or mind. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear Him, and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. O fear the Lord, ye His saints, there is no want to them that fear Him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. In other words, don't fear the circumstances. Don't be afraid of the situation that you face. Fear God. Fear Him more than what you're facing in life. In other words, there should be a reverential fear in our lives that causes us to do what? I'm not going to say the wrong thing because I might displease my Father. He's big enough to handle this situation. I fear Him more than that problem. That's what He wants us to do. Praise God. I want you to look at one more verse of Scripture here and we'll close. Psalm 113. It's a beautiful psalm. Psalm 113. Praise ye the Lord. Praise O ye servants of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From 1 o'clock in the afternoon until 1.15 in the afternoon, the Lord's name is to be praised by all the saints. On Wednesday and Sunday, the Lord's name is to be praised. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. Look at those three verses again. Praise ye the Lord. You know, beloved, God does not want us even to come to church and sing entertaining songs that entertain us. you realize that? He wants us to be careful, corporately and collectively, that we praise Him. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Bring the instruments of music together, but don't entertain yourself. Come and praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord, ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. The Lord's name is to be praised. We have got to teach our mouths to praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. We should do our part to learn the different names of the Lord that really tell us who He is to us in life. True? Jehovah Sidkenu. You're the Lord, my righteousness. Jehovah Shalom, I praise you are my peace. Oh, Jehovah Nissi, my captain, your banner over me is love. Jehovah Ruah, you are the Lord, my shepherd, I shall not want. And Jehovah Rapha, you're my healer. You provide the abundance of health and strength. In my life. Jehovah Jireh. You're my provider. You provide all of my needs. And what about Jehovah Shammah? Oh, you're ever present. In my life. Jehovah Makedus, you're my sanctifier. Hallelujah. El Shaddai. I'll tell you, if you ever want an all-encompassing name of the Lord God, He's El Shaddai. You're the God of plenty and you're more than enough. You're more than enough. I mean, if all we did was go down on our knees before God in our private prayer closet and you know just said, El Shaddai. El Shaddai. You're more than enough. And don't Ever forget Jesus. Oh, what a name. There is something about that name. Jesus. Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Lily of the Valley, Lion of Judah, Bright and Morning Star, Son of Righteousness, Son of God, Son of Man, With healing in Your wings, The bomb and Gilead, The Alpha, The Omega, The First, The Last, The Beginning and the End. The one whose vesture is dipped in blood with a new name, praise God, upon your forehead. You are the soon-coming King of kings and Lord of lords and Prince of peace who shall reign for a thousand years on this earth. You are my Emmanuel, your God with me. Jesus, I worship you today. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God, the name of the Lord is to be praised from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. For the Lord is high above all nations. His glory above the heavens. Who's like unto thee, O Lord our God, who dwelleth on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. Now listen to verse 7. If you are in need of assistance, look at verse 7. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust. And lifteth the needy out of the dunghill. That he may set him with princes, even the princes of his people. And he makes the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. In those verses 7 and 8, what they're really saying is if you think life stinks... Did you know that's what it was saying right there in so many polite words? If you think life stinks, in other words, people are like that. Their their view on life is terrible. And you know, everybody can have a terrible view on life. I've heard people say, I don't even want to have a child and bring a child into this ugly world that we live in. Well, you're not looking at this world through the right eyes. Yes, there is an ugly side to this world, but I want you to know something. There's a bright side too. Don't be so selfish. Give birth to that child. Let him know Jesus and spend eternity in glory. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And live forever and ever in the presence of the Most High God and experience the full blessings that God has for every man and every woman that loves Him and calls upon His name. Hallelujah. Somebody better shout. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is a picture of one who knows his God and what he will do for the one who praises his name from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same. Let's all stand before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings.